Coming up tonight on the Ringside Report. Two former WWE referees unfortunately pass away. We have an update on the Vince McMahon situation. Page's first post-WWE appearances have been confirmed. A former WWE Hall of Famer has been scheduled for a partial amputation. Superstars unhappy with Bruce Pritchard's uh, takeover from John Laurinaitis. Booker T has body shamed Adam Cole and the world gets upset about that. Aria Davari uh, has a bit of an... Well, we have a bit of an update on him. So, yeah, cheer for that. Yeah, I suppose he has a bit of an update as well. Um, Zac Efron is set to star in a film about the Von Erich family. Mm. The Undertaker podcast is coming soon. How do we know? Because Godfather told us on our show. I'm right. And um, has Sasha Banks been released? What? What? Anthony, when's all this coming up? It's all coming up right fucking now. Yes, it is. And unfortunately... Somber, somber tones to kick off the show this week. Um, we were very saddened um, at the loss of two former uh, long-time WWE referees over the weekend, um, with both Dave Hebner and um, Tim White, unfortunately, passing away. Um, now, Tim White uh, spent around about two decades with the WWE, um, including being a driver for Andre the Giant early on, which is... Super cool, um, as well as obviously officiating some very high-profile matches. Um, and some may remember him from those kind of very bizarre skits where he kept trying to commit suicide on SmackDown every week, um, as you do. Um, so, yeah, um, obviously he was very well-liked, very well-respected, and you know a massive loss to, to a lot of people in the wrestling world. And, yeah, he, he passed away uh, from, from health issues aged uh, 68. Um, and also Dave Hebner, so the brother of fellow WWE referee Earl Hebner, also passed away this weekend as well. Um, he, again, remembered uh, for some really high-profile matches. I think he was um, the referee for Savage and Steamboat at WrestleMania 3, um, even Savage and uh, Hogan the following year as well, and got me Macho Man uh, gear on to uh, represent as well. But, um, yeah, uh, Dave... Uh, you know, passed away uh, after suffering uh, from a long, uh, long-term il- uh, illness, um, age 73. So, yeah, just a very unfortunate one to kick off the show, but obviously two, you know, very well-liked and respected guys that unfortunately going to be massively missed. No, totally. Um, obviously, all, as always, all we can offer is our condolences and, and mad respect. If I had a drink with me, which unfortunately I don't, we'd raise a glass, but um, not like say utmost respect to, to two legends, really, but... Um, yeah, sad, sad news to start off with. Indeed. So, um, moving over as best we can, Carl. Um, and I always have to say that with these things, because we can't exactly sort of uh, bounce on over um, with a joke. <laughs> but we've had a bit of an update on the Vince McMahon situation. So for those who are unaware of the Vince McMahon situation, boy, have you been missing out. <laughs> well, uh, I, think, so, I think it broke literally, like, you know, after we... Press publish on the, the podcast last week. not reported, reported this because it was literally the day after. But um, we had, obviously, the news broke about um, suggested hush money payments uh, made by girl Vinnie Mac covering up uh, allegations of misconduct. Um, so that was the initial th- sort of information that broke. And um, at that point, you know, Vinnie Mac was stepping down from his position temporarily while the investigation was going on with Steph taking the reins. We've since had uh, John Laurinaitis going on administrative leave with Bruce Pritchard taking over his duties and a whole lot of other stuff going on. Um, but one of the notable updates that have come out this week, Carl, is that uh, as well as the, the obviously the investigation we were aware of, uh, there is now, as of, well, I was going to say today, but this is probably a couple of days ago now, but uh, basically four other law firms are now beginning similar investigations. Um so they've not yet gone far enough to be classified as a, a, a class action. I, I'm sort of working with the um, limited understanding I have of the, the American legal system here. Um, but they are in, in the sort of early preparation stages, if you will. 
um, and they've all all the investigations have been announced through Business Wire, as I understand it. But this is uh, it's an interesting one because apparently some of the investigations require investors that have lost a certain amount of money, while others only require investors to either have suffered losses from WWE stock or currently own WWE stock. And the whole aim of what these other ones are doing is the sort of to trying to determine whether WWE as a company have mismanaged or neglected their fiduciary duties. Um, so this could be like a massive, massive problem for WWE as a whole. This isn't just a Vinnie Mac thing. Um, this could be, uh, well, is a massive, massive issue for the board of directors, but this could be something that ends up sort of uh, snowballing, I suppose, after this has come out. So, uh, I mean, what do you make of this, Carl? It seems like it could end up being like a, a really big fucking problem. It's uh, it's insane, really, even just to think, uh, you know, a time, obviously now, Vince McMahon not technically at the helm, having to step down as chairman and CEO, so obviously Steph has been his kind of um, short-term replacement, but yeah, I thought, obviously, I think everyone thought Vince McMahon would be there until he, he no longer could be there, and I don't think many people foresaw this as being the circumstances why. Um, no. I'm hoping I don't misunderstand the situation here, but I think the bit that surprised me as well is not so much the, the, the Vince McMahon stuff uh, in terms of the allegation and the investigation. Um, it's this sort of suggestion that the, the board of directors have been involved in this hush money payment, which obviously mm. didn't didn't take, um, and this whole sort of misman- mismanagement of uh, investors' money and stuff. And it's like, you know, it's like they were all aware of what's happened and instead of condemning the man, as they should have, they've now made it even worse for themselves, as I understand it. Mm. Um, it. It's that kind of thing, and you go, well, Vince has had scandals before now, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think any any this sort of obvious, but he's, he's you know, he's been at the brunt of a few different suggestions and scandals over the years. Yeah, probably probably, um, the, probably the last big one that he had was around the, well, he had the steroid trials, and he had obviously the yeah. own, heart, own heart death, so he's had some pretty big scandals, but yeah, this is the first time where it's uh, a lot of people seem to be um, feeling the brunt of it, I guess. But it's, um, I think there's going to be, by the looks of it, if if the if all of these lawsuits are successful, then there could it, it's not just a case of Vince sort of stepping out of the way, you know, so they can seem to be doing it. There's probably going to be a lot of payouts here, and um, you know, for a company that's been recording record profits the last few years, it's probably not the best thing, really. Mm. I don't think to be able to record them pretty soon. Yeah. Um, and naturally, we're wrestling fans, and whilst obviously we, we wouldn't condone what, what Vince has allegedly done, um, we wouldn't want to see the company, and I don't think we're close to the company going under, but we wouldn't want to see the company take a massive hit. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, justice <coughs> is what it is, so, you know, whatever the outcome is, I'm sure it'll be fair. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly one to watch. Crazy times. Yeah, I can't imagine a time where WWE doesn't exist. You know, <laughs> no WrestleMania, no Royal Rumble. Like, and it's, I think... That's the thing. I think it always will in some form, won't it? But um, even just taking, let's say they take a big financial hit and we get further belt tightening. And then, like, even when they want to do things like pay big money contracts to the likes of Goldberg and Brock, they can't do that anymore. Mm. That's going to be an interesting time. But uh, again, all speculative at this point. Like. Indeed. But yeah, interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, mm-hmm. So the next one to talk about. Um, so, as we reported last week, uh, WWE came to terms with the release of Paige, um, after which she took to Twitter basically just um, saying she thoroughly enjoyed her time with WWE, and she didn't ask for her release, she was just released, but she's got no grudges because they've been paying her for the last couple of years when she hasn't been really able to kind of contribute in the way that she would have liked. Um, and she also posted her kind of business contact information um, to kind of you know, indicate that she was open to getting back out there, if you will. Now, um, her first two appearances have uh, since been revealed. So firstly, um, on July 29th to July 31st, she's going to be appearing at StarCast. So big convention where you'll get to uh, obviously meet her. Um, I assume she'd do meet and greets, potentially photo ops and things like that. Um, but also probably a big piece of news uh, for us as well is she's going to be coming home to the World Association of Wrestling, obviously her parents' yeah, company yeah. Uh, based out of Norwich. So she's coming back over on October 15th, Anthony. Um, we can go for your birthday, why not? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite nice that, to be fair. Obviously, she's not been back in a WAW ring for, I think they said, over a decade. So 
it'd be a nice little homecoming. Obviously, it's a you know massive level, um, you know name for them to be able to kind of bring home now, isn't it? To um, to their promotion. Yeah. So that's nice the thing. Yeah. And I imagine like I don't fully know how it worked. I'm sure she managed to sneak a few matches in there, but um, must have been so constricting being under the WWE contract and not being able to wrestle for your own family's business, health yeah. and safety reasons and all that. And I mean, know. you know um, that that in itself is interesting because obviously. You know, is there anything stopping her from wrestling? Could this be the first time she gets back in the ring? Like, I'm guessing she doesn't have to be cleared in the same way she would by the likes of an AEW or an Impact potentially. Um, so, I mean, that, that is the question. I mean, obviously, are they going to be harsher though? Uh, you know, it's a family, so they might they might be worse than like a, a medical clearance. They might be like, no, you're not taking that. Risk. But I know anything no, about the knights. A <laughs> <laughs> kid, of course. <laughs> But yeah, I imagine if she can fucking move, they'll want her in there to wrestle. Um, and I mean, nobody tickets. knows like her health better than she does, do they, really? In that sense, yeah. like, I mean, to be um, fair to her, I, she she said that she's not cleared, but she feels a thousand percent. So, I think I don't think it'll take much to clear her. I've, I've mentioned this before that WWE seems to be a lot more risk averse than than other companies, and I I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see her in the ring again soon because uh, <clears throat> I know, you know I know we say it with everyone who gets released, but. Um, AW Anthony thoughts? Um, I mean, I wouldn't be upset if she ended up there. I don't think. I don't think we need it. Uh, like people like to think like, oh no, the women's division really needs it. I don't think they need it per se, but it'd be great to see. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd have some pretty great matches matchups there: Page versus DMD, uh, Page versus Tony Storm, Page and Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, there's definitely some great matchups to be had. I just, um, I suppose I'm just being careful about the whole thing of like, I think AEW is getting a pretty good women's division now and people still lean on the whole like, oh, we need more women in the women's division. It's like, there's loads going on there now. Loads going on. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it does make me think now they've, they've grown so much um, at such a fast rate, the the actual women's division in AEW that, you know, you've got the likes of um, like, who can, you, who, who can you even think, like the originals, like Ali and... Uh, even to some extent, like Anna Jay and stuff like that, like where are they gonna, <clears throat> where are they gonna fit in? You've obviously got. Um, I think, well, look at Statlander. She's like finding it over herself in more of a like um, tag team situation the last few weeks and stuff like that. But like, she's an OG. Yeah. <clears throat> well, they signed obviously like Athena and Tony Storm and loads and loads of people over you know Ruby Soho, people like that over the last few months. So it's yeah. like. And then you keep getting um, wild appearances from. Uh, New Japan stars. I don't know what like Makito's situation is, for instance, but um, she keeps rocking up and stuff like that, you know. But mm. there's um, yeah, there's I say there's plenty going on. I, that, that's not saying there's no room for for Paige. I would definitely be made up to see her there, but um, I say I don't think it's quite the situation that like gets painted socials where it's like oh they they need it. They'd be great for the women's division. We need that. Like it'd be awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah. I I think personally as a uh, I don't know if we can technically be local to Norwich, but as as local lads, I think it'd be cool to see her <laughs> in the UK scene for a little bit, personally. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I, I can't see that happening. She's going to be in their bloody mansion in LA with a, you know. Sorry, a, I, I don't think it'll be forever, but you can get some nice mansions over here as well. <laughs> right, and uh, can't quite get the weather. It's, in fact, it's been warm today. Really, it's been warm today. Yeah, I mean, it's practically Florida out here now. Too warm. Um, <laughs> But, Start you know, raining again. The thing is, this is the thing, Carl. She is British, mm-hmm. right? She might have spent the last what ten ten years that she's been over there in LA complaining about her heart to this. You know, I don't even know. British. I don't even know if she's in LA. She probably is in Florida. To be fair, I know that's where she was living during her NXT times. I don't know where she lives, but, nah, um, but which um, is a good thing because people shouldn't know where they live, and then that's they don't true. Have the stalkers cases exactly, but. Um, but no, for me, I like it. just a, a run in the UK scene before she does anything else. Like uh, if she goes to somewhere like Impact or AEW, um, I mean, you know, like like I've got to say in the matter, you know, obviously whatever happens happens. But for, like I, I think it'd be nice to see like a bit of a UK run first. Yeah, no, it's just like twelve months of one or something, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's my turn, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, uh, Carl, um, another little bit of sad news this week. Unfortunately, we had. Um, the Hall of Famer superstar Billy Graham uh, unfortunately shared some unfortunate, just saying unfortunate a million times apparently, uh, he shared some news on his um, his Facebook page this week uh, with regards to his current health uh, and that unfortunately he's had some infections in his toes and that the surgeon uh, will need to do some partial amputation so I don't know what the extent is there 
but um, he noted that he's going to be sort of offline for two to three weeks um, as he obviously has the surgery and recovers and the like. And um, yeah, it's uh, obviously quite sad news. And to be honest, like it's it's one of them where he seems to have been through the sort of a, a bad run over the last probably nearly 10 years in all fairness because we had uh, he had a liver transplant back in 2002 after being diagnosed with uh, cirrhosis of the liver um, he had an obstruction in his bowel in 06 he's um, had some further medical issues in 2010 I think I don't want to say it was liver related again but you know and um, he just seems to have had like a bad run of issues to the point that uh, like you know they told him he was only going to have a, a short time to live so um, you know he's defied the odds and everything over the over the years and, and so on like that. But um, yeah, sadly he just found himself in hospital again quite recently, and um, obviously we can only wish him the best at this point. Yeah, definitely. He's um, he's one of the forgotten legends, to be fair, um, from from back in the day. And I think um, yeah, it's it, it's it's not nice to hear stuff like that about anybody. But um, it's interesting to say forgotten legends because he is one of them who he sort of. I don't think he had any sort of. Correct me if I'm wrong, Carl. Certainly not in WWE that I can recall where he's had any like retained stints or anything like that to keep reminding people he sort of bowed out and. and no, I think he. Um, I think he sort of fell out of sorts with uh, with WWE um, back in the day, kind of thing. I don't think they've had the best relationship um, mm. since, really, uh, to my knowledge. But yeah, shame. Mm. But yeah, hopefully he gets uh, gets through it all in his uh, yeah speedy recovery. Indeed. So. The next one to talk about, and you touched on it a little bit when you mentioned around the situation happening at the moment in WWE, um, but uh, the, the WWE issued a memo um, on Monday announcing that John Laurinaitis is being placed on administrative leave, um, and he's going to be uh, replaced by Bruce Pritchard as the interim head of talent relations. Um, now, Fightful Select um, reported that while several talents actually celebrated Laurinaitis's departure, um, the news of Pritchard being the one to step into his role didn't exactly elicit positive reactions backstage. Now, mm. reportedly, the main issue isn't necessarily with Pritchard as such, um, but the fact that now Pritchard's going to be sort of moonlighting as both the head of creative and head of talent relations. He's already looking after Raw, he's already looking after SmackDown, and now he's doing John Laurinaitis's job as well. Um, so one talent which quoted as saying now if you want time off you've got to ask the person who effectively is your filter between creative and Vince McMahon um, so essentially they're feeling like they're not as protected um, potentially by having the same person uh, you know as kind of talent relations who's also in control of your character on TV um, which is an interesting point but also it's um, yeah, it's 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 stretched pretty thin, man. <laughs> to be fair, like we you know we already spoke saying him taking on creative duties for Raw and SmackDown felt like a bit much, um, mm. but now you you throw in head of talent relations in the mix as well, and yeah, I have no idea how he's going to be able to keep all of them. Like, Tony Khan, Tony Khan, whoops, Nick Khan's just come along and he's like, you know what, give me two years, I'll have this entire company being run <laughs> by one man, Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't really think it through. I mean, I suppose, to be fair, though, um, and this is a really bad joke, but I'm going to say it anyway because I just thought about it. I suppose, to be fair, it'd be much nicer, you know, instead of getting your stuff sent home to you in a, a, a you know a trash bag with a you know call from Johnny Ace, you'd instead be getting a call from, um, you know, Pritchard saying, I love you, like brother love, only can, um, and you're being fired. And that's, that's a nice way to get fired, I think, um, being told that you're loved, at least. So... Uh, yeah okay. he's going to have to add but I'm not in love with you to it so he's to... <laughs> yeah and also you're fired <laughs> basically uh, um, so yeah interesting one but I think it's a, it's a it's very valid I mean on the one hand so don't get me wrong there's like a big wave of people who when they found out this news were loving the fact that John Laurinaitis isn't going to be there anymore so that's noteworthy in and of itself but um, mm-hmm. yeah I think it's a very fair reaction of, of talent to go well Hang on a minute. We've now got the one person in charge of our on-screen characters and you know our storytelling, who's also in charge of our personal issues as well. So they probably do feel a bit like they can't be as forthcoming yeah. potentially. They kind of butt into each other, really. I suppose those roles yeah. aren't they? It's almost like you've got you know HR and your your line manager being the same person. You know, it's like, <laughs> hang on, Didn't make sense. Okay. It's corporate policy, but don't you dare. <laughs> 
Uh, you know what? I'll talk to him. I feel like they're reacting to a bad situation and going, so you can manage this as well, Bruce. And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I think um, I think it was also in the article. I didn't put it in our notes, but I'm pretty sure somebody also said something like, uh, so basically Vince only knows like three guys. <laughs> 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 this, this, yeah, seems to be the case, to be sure. I feel like I, this is a odd reference and probably won't track it on audio, but I'm doing it for you, Carl, right? Okay. I feel like Bruce ended up in this situation a bit the same way that, like, in Friends, Chandler ended up heading up an office in Tulsa. I feel like he may have just fell asleep in that meeting and agreed to something. <laughs> and he woke yes. up like, they're like, oh, thanks, thanks, Bruce. And he's like, what what, what did I do? Yeah, anybody That's who doesn't want to do this, please say aye. Everyone else does, and he's just like, <laughs> what? Because he'll be so exhausted from running both SmackDown and Raw that he probably did fall asleep in the meeting. That's true. I mean, you know, obviously the creative's so strong on SmackDown and Raw that it must be uh, really hard work. Really hard work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's hoping that we don't get another creative dip. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the most chosen for your uh, for your potato snacks, but hey. <laughs> so, Carl, moving on over. I This might be a hot take for me. I'm intrigued to know where you're coming from with this. So, we've had... Um, a bit of controversy for Booker T on his uh, on his podcast quite recently, so let's call some on our own. Yeah, I can. <laughs> anyway, um, he's been talking about Adam Cole, and he's mentioned about. Um, I think it's come up. Adam Cole has had a few injuries quite recently, um, and basically, I'll, I'll give you the two quotes that come from Booker on this. He said, uh, "If Adam Cole has to have surgery and he's down for six nine months, and he you know loses any more muscle, it's going to be hard on this brother." Um, sorry, it didn't read well as a sentence. That's why I puzzled for a sec there. So you know what I'm saying. Right now, he's about a buck twenty, um, and then he goes on to say, "We've got to get more weight on Adam Cole." You know what I mean? That's his problem. He's light, bottom light. We've got to get some muscle on this kid. That's probably one of the reasons why he's going out there getting hurt because he can't be the schedule at AEW. And unfortunately, this has been what's the word? And this is where I'm saying this might be a hot take, Carl, because I, I feel like this might have been overreacted to in some senses because people are really coming at Booker over this saying about like body shaming and so on like this. And, and Renee, to be fair, has, has been one of the ones saying, she's, she put a tweet out saying, body shaming is the absolute shits. What the fuck happened? Or what the fuck is happening right now, sorry. Totally thought we were moving past talking about people like this. While the focus is normally on women, I've had many men talk to me about body dysmorphia. Piss up a rope is how she ended it, which is a nice one. Um, and this is the bit where I'm like, is he trying to, like, I, I always think intent is kind of important as well. I understand, like, it's not his place to talk about another person's body, right? But in some senses, he's talking about the perception and the business, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm not defending Booker, like, maybe mind your own business, Booker. Maybe that's the main thing you should do. But I think it might be a little bit of a hot take for me because I'm like, I, I don't think he's meant it like that. I mean, there's a, there's always been this long-standing thing with wrestling that these men have to seem like, uh, what's the word? You know, they, I know we're moving away from that, but Booker T comes from the old school of like, they have to be like mountains of men. They have to look like supermen almost, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's yeah. certainly the perception WWE wants and that's the perception. And I think this is the thing, this is the thing that's important for me is that that's the perception the public still have now, the public, bar trolls on the internet, aren't going to go out there and go, oh, you need to sort yourself out, you're too skinny, you need to put in and criticise in that sense. But at the same time, are they going to buy an average-looking dude? And this is you know, this is some of the things some people have been like, oh, well, you know, could you see Adam Cole beating Samoa Joe, realistically? And you go, all right, we do suspend disbelief quite a lot. But that's kind of a thing, isn't it, that the public while it might not be regularly like you're not going to lambast him for being a smaller guy like without that like the reason the pressure's there isn't because of Booker T it's because of the industry saying you need to look a certain way and Mm. that might not be fair but at the same time is Booker trying to body shame someone or is he trying to talk about the industry in which they all work do you know what I mean yeah it's a it's an interesting one because I can kind of you can see why people would react that way because, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's, he's not talking very favorably about something. And, you know, 
Adam Cole gets this a lot, doesn't he? People basically say he's too short, they say he's too skinny, they say all these different things, um, as though that's going to impact his, um, you know, career trajectory at the end of the day. But yeah, it's it's just it's an interesting one for Booker because I don't really get. He he said a couple of interesting points there. So firstly, he's kind of. You know, it's almost like he's still a WWE guy on the payroll, right? Um, but he's kind of taking shots at AW. He's saying like, "Oh, is is he getting injured because of his, his size?" It's certainly not because of the schedule over there and stuff like that. Making out like you know they don't. There's some salty know. comments there. Yeah, yeah. so there's, there's a yeah big sprinkle of salt thrown in the mix. But you know him then saying, "Oh, hopefully he doesn't have to get injured because then he's going to lose even more muscle. He's going to look even skin." What I don't know. It's just a weird take to have, isn't it? You know, as opposed to going, "Oh, hopefully yeah. he's not out long injured." It's yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, he has he has gone on to try and defend this position and say like uh, people want to make it seem like I'm hating on an AEW guy. I'm not, and I take your point on that, Carl, because he kind of is, right? He is, yeah. But he's basically saying if I didn't like Adam Cole, I would be I wouldn't be saying that he needs to get some muscle on him. I'd be saying a whole lot worse than that. So he's like, I'd have been more of a cunt if I didn't like Adam Cole. Is what he's getting at. But yeah. I do think there is an element of having a go at AEW there, mm-hmm. but. Um, Similarly, Road Dog has actually commented on it, and probably more eloquently than I put it before, he said that he doesn't think the critique of him being a smaller guy is an illegitimate argument. Um, and you'll notice no one's saying he can't work. He's a pro and one of the most respectful men I've met. So you know, Road Dog giving some sort of giving credit to Adam Cole, but he is again, it's another old school, and there might be a thing of going, well, you know, your time's over, guys, kind of thing, and that might be what like. The, the crowd are sort of coming out now but again it's that how do you break that old school mentality that like that that's what road dogs sort of dealing with that's what booker t's dealing with of that you know they've been they've been told throughout the entire careers you've got to build yourself up you've got to be this particular physique to be taken seriously yeah, course, in, yeah. in the ring yeah. and, and for the crowd to look at you like you're some sort of godlike figure godlike's probably not the right word but you know what i mean like an yeah. adonis kind of thing you know there was there was a period of time where wwe wouldn't even take a second look at you if you didn't you know you didn't have like massive pecs and like a, a good size here and you weren't over six foot like two you know stuff like that it's only by happenstance of the way the business has moved on a little bit that you've got the likes of your adam coles and your kevin owens and people like that getting signed because tip that you know they typically don't fit inside that you know wwe mold that they've been trying to instill within the superstars for years um but i don't know like at the end of the day you, you look at what book has said and if, if he was to say the same thing about i don't know um like uh like um dewdrop or something and he's like oh she needs to lose a few pounds or whatever she doesn't fit the you know mm. what i mean like people would also react similarly so it's one of those yeah. i think you know you yeah, can't I'll take your point there it's i just think it's i, I think because we grew up in a in a, in a time when do you remember when Randy Orton was out injured? The first time Randy Orton went out injured, actually, he'd come back to a feud with, I think it was Triple H, and he'd obviously not been taken whatever he'd been taken at the time. No comment. Um, but he was a lot skinnier when he come back, and like that was part of, like that was a comment made at the time, yeah. and that was a that was just a throwaway comment because he hadn't had the muscle mass he did have, and like that was nothing. But now it's like, uh, like, and, and I'm not trying to sort of discredit any of the comments like when Renee makes the point about body dysmorphia you don't want anyone to, to go sort of feel that way and, and feel criticised and I, I totally get that side of it I just think it's it is a strange um, industry to be in in that sense this isn't like out in the normal world people just commenting on people yeah. it's um, the wrestling business talking about the wrestling business at the end of the day and um, people people in the like I've been looking at socials throughout the day on this and people are commenting like you know this is not down to like oh, Adam Cole looks a certain way and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's the fact that Adam Cole doesn't look like Adam Cole in NXT, for instance. Mm. And, um, I, I mean, how true do you think that is? Cause I don't think he looks much different myself. But um, yeah, I, he's dropped a lot of muscle mass since NXT. No, I'm not really sure that he looks much different either, to be fair. Um, but it's just one of them, isn't it? I don't really get... Like, the whole argument just is, didn't make any sense. I don't understand why Booker felt the need to comment on it in the first place. The fact he has, you, yeah, you can kind of see it. At the end of the day, you could see Adam Cole having, you know, um, you know, some level of body dysmorphia or some level of insecurities around his physique or his height and things like that. So maybe it's not a nice thing to say to somebody. But to your point, I mean, it's like he's in an industry where, you know, you are half naked on TV and you more eyes yeah. on that kind of thing anyway. So, And maybe it's, it's shedding the light on the fact that, like, there's a lot of body dysmorphia going on there. 
mm-hmm. because like they they're pushed in an industry where there's like this that people are compelled like I, I hopefully it is getting less and less now but look at wwe back in the day people were compelled to like build the muscle mass however they built the muscle mass do you know what i mean yeah look at people like eddie guerrero eddie guerrero was not a big guy but he you know he hit the gym he built himself up he took whatever he took to be like he, he had a match with brock lesnar and he didn't he look he was shorter obviously but he wasn't smaller by any fucking means and no. for a guy of his stature that was impressive as fuck but that wasn't done because he wanted to do it was it that was done because there was a like you had to compel you were compelled to look a certain way and actually look like a threat to brock lesnar yeah, so and, and you know, hopefully, the industry itself might need looking at it in that sense. Well, hopefully, you know, if this means that the likes of an Adam Cole is going to live significantly longer in the very young age that a lot of wrestlers have unfortunately passed away due to potentially some of the substances or things they've ingested or things I mean, they've done to their bodies. I, like, I didn't want to go fall into the Benoit connection, but this is why I mentioned <clears> the likes of Eddie because in a way it wasn't wasn't. I'm not saying like we can talk all day about like speculating as to why wrestlers died, but. You know, it, it can't have been healthy, sort of trying to maintain and build that body mass. No, it's it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's also it's it's a it's just a fascinating topic, isn't it? Because it comes up with everything. It's it's like it's like when Undertaker and um, Xavier Woods are having that thing about like video video games in the locker room. It's a very different place now than it was, you know, when yep. Booker was there and stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of the seasoned vets and a lot of the young up and comers don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff because times are slightly different now. There's pros and cons to both eras you know i'm not ever going to say oh god all the all the way it was done back in the day was terrible and things like that that's not true but there were certain things done back in the day which were really really bad do you know what I mean a lot of drugs a lot of substance abuse a lot of stuff which mm. ultimately ended um people's lives way too soon like heroes of mine have passed away way too soon um and it's like no. at the end of the day you know <laughs> if, if you were to ask me the question do i think adam cole needs to take some more stuff you know to put some you know gain on or anything like that then no i don't see why it does to be fair um but yeah at the same time you can see bookers says typically wrestlers are more muscular than this so if he goes away injured and he's going to lose even more muscle mass he might struggle to regain that i guess is is one way to look at it so yeah it's a very it's a very interesting argument that is a very emotionally um yeah emotionally sparked one isn't it it's difficult isn't it because like like, because it, it's got me thinking about, like, how I've interpreted, like, things in the past as well. Like, I've I've said on multiple occasions on this podcast about how unrealistic Rey Mysterio is as a world champion. And then I'm looking back at that and going, is that unfair? Like, not that Ray's going to hear mm. my comments, but are they unfair comments? Because Ray's a smaller guy. Like, is that, is that too unfair? Is that body shaming? Yeah, I mean it's one of them. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves the David and Goliath story, and you can never you can never count anybody out of a fight, can you? So, but at the same time, you have got you know typically Rey Mysterio versus the Big Show, for example. You nine times out of ten would expect Big Show to win, right? It's just common sense. So yeah. that's the thing. And by no means I was ever against the the match itself. I was I was against him being a realistic world champion, and still am for that matter. But then you go. Like, am I being unfair? And maybe we should, we should just suspend disbelief to the point that you're not, like, again, you're not focused on how people look. Because that's essentially the argument here, isn't it? Like, you know, it shouldn't be, you know, he's great in the ring, he's great on the mic, he shouldn't care what he looks like. But whether you, you know, overt about it or not, the audience will care what they look like. Yeah. No, I don't know. It is a, it's a crazy, um, crazy one, really. Yeah, I suppose, you know, the, the other side of the coin, hope you know, I'd like to think that there's a lot of kids out there who aren't very genetically blessed, who are quite skinny and slender, who would love to be professional wrestlers, who Adam Cole could potentially have inspired to think, well, if he can do it, I can do it too. Um, about yourself, Carl. It's me, except, well, <laughs> me as a kid, <laughs> me as a kid, not now, yeah. <laughs> now, now I'm like, God, wasn't wasn't Yokozuna such an inspiration? <laughs> you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a skinny fat bastard, as Triple H would say. Um, so, yeah, interesting, sensitive topic, but it's one Indeed. Um, so, the next one to talk about um, Aria Davari. So, you may have mentioned, no, not mentioned, you may have remembered us talking about um, this a while ago um, in terms of uh, Davari and also uh, Joe Hennig, uh, so the son of Mr. Perfect, uh, being given trial runs as uh, a producers. And well, Anthony, Forbidden Door is coming up. And wait till you hear what this mad lad's done, right? 
Davari, while working as a WWE producer on that trial basis, um, has only gone on and wrestled an episode of AEW Dark um, that was taped the other day. Um, (laughs) So obviously, typically, you would think, well, that's a bit of a red flag. But reports are suggesting that this hasn't had any impact to his producer role with WWE, um, which he continues to hold on that trial basis. Um, So, yeah, it's a... I know, because typically you would think, hang on, that must be a no-no. Um, so, I mean, there's not, there's not to say what the outcome's going to be after that trial is concluded. Uh, but, yeah, it's an interesting one. He's, he's, uh, he's recently gone on to produce um, several matches, one of which being Apollo Crews and Tozawa on an episode of WWE's main event. So he's still actively working in that producer role, but then just happened to rock up on the competition, if you want to call them that, on Dynamite, uh, like on a taped episode. So... Yeah, interesting to see whether the, you know he makes the cut after this, um, and it really hasn't impacted it, or whether suddenly he is uh, he's not hired for the position. Mm. Mm. Interesting situation to watch. It seems that they, they genuinely are bothered, but yeah. do you believe well. that though? <laughs> no, all remains to be seen. But yeah, surely <laughs> crazy stuff. Speaking of crazy stuff, Carl. You remember that, that lad from uh, High School Musical who did the basketball, but he didn't want to do the basketball, he wants to do the singing. That's pretty much how the film was, anyway. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, was it singing? I was singing. Anyway. What's his name? Hmm. Is it like Cody something or. Cody Rhodes? Hmm. What was his name? <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, um, obviously, Zach Efron started. Oh, that, what, that guy. Right, my um, bad. Yeah, about the, other ba- the, other basketball, the other basketball guy. Coach Carter. <laughs> it was a team, right? It was the Wildcats. <laughs> it was another guy. What the hell was that other guy's I love, name? I, I love the fact that they were called the Wildcats because it always reminds me. There's a, it's like a really old episode of The Simpsons. I want to say early '90s when they're um, doing pee wee football, and uh, they joke about the fact that Wildcats is like overused as a football name or as a sports team name, and uh, they have like this little scene at the beginning. Where it's like. Who are we? The Wildcats. Who are we going to beat? The Wildcats. Because both teams were called the Wildcats. <laughs> and every time I hear it, it just makes me think of The Simpsons, which most things do, to be honest with you. Um, anyway, so Zac Efron, formerly of um, High School Musical fame, you know, become good buddies with The Rock when they did Baywatch and so on like that, is um, interestingly, Carl, and I say interesting more so for the fact that, like, I didn't think this was a well-known story to be told, but an interesting one. Um, he's going to be starring in a, a film around the Von Erich family. Um, so the film um, is going to be apparently produced by A24 Productions. I don't know if you recognise that name, Carl, but they're certainly coming up with a lot of uh, films at the moment. Um, quite recently, the Everything Everywhere All at Once, I believe, was uh, produced mm-hmm. by them. Um, they seem to be financing a lot of projects and, and they seem quite popular as well, in all fairness. Um, but they're doing a story based on the Von Erics, as I said. But the reason this is an intriguing one for me is that, um, you know, a lot of people might not recognise too many of the names these days, but they were a huge name in the wrestling industry in, in the 60s, correct me if I'm wrong, Carl? Oh, we're, we're spanning, you know, even longer than that. Like, the, the the whole story of the Von Erichs is fucking fascinating for all the wrong reasons. So for probably all the wrong reasons. The person like the person most people will know will, will be Kerry Von Erich, who was Texas Tornado. He's probably the the, the, the breakout star from that family. Just but, I'm letting Carl roll with this one. Carl, will give you the <laughs> so, yeah. Do it, Carl. Yeah. Tell us um, about the Von Erichs. <laughs> well, back in uh, 1974, Fritz Von Erich. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I, I won't go into all of it. But essentially, <laughs> um, it's it's clouded in such. Terrible, terrible fucking like it, 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 it'll make a hell of a film, but it'll be one which is it's just going to be so somber. As I understand it, it it's like, it, it's funny you mention Fritz because, like, obviously, the father Fritz he was the correct me wrong, the one who started the their own uh, he was the promoter for world class championship wrestling as it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. But he had a number of sons, he had David, Kerry, uh, Kevin, Mike, and Chris, yeah, and it just has been his whole basically lineage has just been just dealing with tragedy. Basically, we had um, his, Fritz's first son Jack died at the age of six, uh, drowning in a puddle. 
Um, David Von Erich uh, died in a hotel room in Japan unexpectedly. I think they, they ruled it out as um, was it some sort of heart issue, but it, it may have been a drug overdose, we're not too sure. Uh, Kerry, Mike and Chris all committed suicide following David's death. Yeah. And we were left with just, and I think he's still alive, correct me if I'm wrong, Carl, but it's just Kevin left as the last surviving brother of the family. Like, yeah. It, 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 like, I mean, luckily, I don't even like to, to mention it. I feel like I'm like trying to curse him again. Like, you know, um, touch wood and all that. But, you know, Kevin has gone on to have kids and they are in, I believe, Major League Wrestling at the moment. So, they, they, they you know, the family lineage and the family wrestling lineage is still there. But, such a tragic, tragic story for Fritz's sons, essentially. Yeah, know? it's it's yeah, it's so so horrible like to to think of, about it all. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I believe as well, just like rand randomly, what got what surfaced years later is that um, Texas tornado. Um, you know, uh, Kerry Von Eric, he had he lost half his foot, and so he still wrestled because he was scared oh. to tell anybody. So obviously he was in like pain medication and stuff like that, but he, I think he was in like a motorcycle accident or something, and basically he used to sh- used to shower with his boots on and everything, <laughs> with like you know what I mean, like he would never take his his, his boots off in front of the boys, and it, it, literally only one or two people knew, and it only came out recently that yeah, like he still went on to to wrestle and you know be intercontinental champion and everything with fucking half a foot missing, so it's insane. Yeah, and like we don't fully know. How the story's going to go, um, obviously, other than it's based on the barracks, we don't even really know what role Zach Efron's playing. But um, this is one of them stories that, again, in a mainstream sense, Carl, I'm very surprised they're telling it. Yeah. But this is going to be a hell of a film to see. It's yeah, it, it it'll be absolutely brutal, like a proper gut punch. It's not going to be you know one that you come out going, yeah, that was awesome. It's going to be one that you come out going, fucking hell, I need to watch some videos of you know bloody puppies and kittens and shit like cats on a set like, <laughs> it's yeah it's gonna be a, a wild ride because it was oh, it's, it's gonna be like a it's gonna be a hard um hard film to watch like uh, yeah again absolutely well, fascinating and hopefully they do some some respect on on that family then he's well, you know the hell of a family to be involved in wrestling industry and sadly you only talk about the tragedy around it quite often really yeah i but, mean wonderful news that they've got you know someone with the the you know name of Zac Efron attached to the project because that'll hopefully get more eyeballs on it and get to appreciate, you know, them as a family and, and the work they've done. So, yeah, hopefully it, it sees the light of day and I'll certainly be watching it. Well, again, as I, as I mentioned, that A24 Productions, uh, they seem to be an up-and-coming name, but they finance a lot of big I do, projects. I do recognise it, to be fair. I do recognise them, so, um, yeah, fingers crossed this one sees the light of day. Mm, hopefully. Um, so, the next one to report, Anthony. Uh, so this Corden, is a weird one for us. According to Wrestling Inc., Anthony, um, uh, it was also picked up by a couple of others like Ringside News and people like that. Uh, my can you hear that one. sound? That, that's my the sound of my nut and his head swelling. I'm not, I'm not like dissing them. I just think it's funny. My favourite one was one we had today that it's been picked up by Essentially Sports. And I feel like when they were naming that, they were like, well, what's it going to be about? And they went, well, Essentially Sports. And that's just how it came about. I love it. Um, but yeah, so obviously it's 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 been a, it's been a new story that that's you know far reaching, um, and apparently don't know if you know this Anthony. Apparently, um, the Undertaker's new podcast has actually begun recording already. Um, oh, I know, mad right? Um, and basically, the Godfather is set to appear as the second guest on his uh, show. And well, now that is one I'm going to have to listen to. That exactly, that sounds like an absolute exactly. take. That. Yeah. Seems seems like a really cool guy, that Godfather. And um, you know how how did all these uh, news sources know all that? Well, oh yeah, because of us. That's why. Because the Godfather us. was good enough to appear on an episode of the <laughs> Wrestling Show. The Godfather was the good father by being good enough to appear <laughs> on our show. Um, well, we don't yeah. talk much about the Godfather because that wasn't his favorite game. He didn't like that one bit, but um. Yeah, how cool! Uh, so like this, this is like the second or third time now something from our shows uh, has made kind of big headlines in um, in the news world, but in the wrestling world, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's all, like it's awesome to see things like that crop up. But um, again, I think it's worth mentioning it, not just so we can brag a little, but um, Undertaker's got a podcast coming out. Carl. As yeah. much as I don't like to talk about other podcasts, we're the only one that exists. Can make a slight exception for Undertaker. Make, like, Undertaker, as a lot of people will know who may listen to the show regularly, is my favourite wrestler and mm-hmm. is an absolute fucking legend. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to hear 
like uh, is ep- the episode he did with Steve Austin, for instance, on the Broken Skull Sessions, fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I listen to every word that man says because yeah. for so long we didn't hear him say anything, so it's just <laughs> um, so I'm I'm. I'm made up that he's getting a podcast. I made up that like we already know we're getting the caliber of guests like like legends like the Godfather and stuff who were around. Uh, obviously, traveled the road with the man, but not only that, they were around in that that sort of heyday of the dead man. You know, it's it's going to be really fun. Really well, fun obviously, ride. obviously, Godfather said on the show um, that essentially the pair of them drank a full bottle of Jack Daniels between the two of them and just told never before heard stories about their time in the BSK, their time on the road together. Obviously, they, they go all the way back to Memphis. Um, so, yeah, I know when it comes out, I cannot wait to listen to it because yeah. we wanted them stories from Godfather, but out of respect fair, to Undertaker, to, yeah. you know, you can't really argue with that, can you? He decided to keep them <laughs> just for his show. So, yeah, can't wait to, uh, to, to watch that. But how cool. And let's just give it a little bit of a tease. The Godfather, I mean, if you've not seen that interview, go back and watch it because we fucking totally enjoyed it. Um, but he did sort of tease the fact that, like, some stuff that, that Godfather said he would take to his grave, uh, Undertaker's talked about. <laughs> and he's like, well, okay then. <laughs> I guess I know. About he, he was like, you know, it's, it's fine for me to talk about it, but I'm not the Undertaker. Like, are you sure you want to tell people that you did these things? <laughs> um, so I can't wait to find out what. I know, some of the stories we're going to get, it just sounds like it's going to be ace. Yeah, can't wait. Um, Indeed. So what do you reckon it's going to be called, Carl? <laughs> so I'd love to be able to take credit for this, right? I saw it somewhere. I can't remember where I saw it, right? It might be in the comment sections or something for one of our um, the articles about uh, our podcast, but um, somebody, somebody called it Dead Man Talking, and I just think that's going to be fantastic. It needs to be called that. It needs to be. Yeah. Like, I think that's probably the best name. If they haven't come up with that, you know, if it's just going to be like the boneyard sessions or something like that, it's not going to be as good. I, I think I, it has to be Dead Man Talking, surely. It needs to be. Surely. It's just, it's so, it's uh, if, if they can get um, Jim Johnson or whatever to, or whoever did the actual voice for, you know, Dead Man Talking, that'd be great. I don't know if it was necessarily Jim. Well, he he, he did the song, didn't he? So whoever he got to say. Now, you know what? Jim Johnson's an absolute fucking legend. I know. I want to get him on the bloody show. At some point. I'd love to get him on the show. Like I know, because by all accounts, he's not like a massive wrestling guy. No. The fact that he's been so instrumental in a lot of the iconic. Hey, literally. Hey, that wasn't <laughs> even intentional. It was actually funny. Uh. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So. Jim Johnson, legend, Undertaker, legend, and Godfather, absolute fucking legend. And A to the K, legends, in the news now, just make the news, what we do. So Carl, the last one, the last one, the last ride if you will, (laughs) Uh, that could also be another name, I wouldn't be as good as Dead Man's Organ, but they may go with like the last ride. They might do. Um, Anyway, rumour has it, Sasha Banks has been released from WWE. Now, I want to stress, this is speculation time, because we haven't had anything official as far as right now, I believe, anyway. Uh, and this is coming from uh, Tapin Smackdown had in Minneapolis, where several WWE talents are reportedly speaking openly backstage, uh, believing that Sasha Banks has been released from the company. So, we've had the likes of uh, Frightful. Fright- Why do I keep saying Frightful? <laughs> Frightful, for fuck's sake. I am trying to confirm this information, and as of yet, we haven't got a, an official sort of uh, stance from WWE or from Sasha for that matter. But uh, what do you make of this sort of suggestion? Like the fact that talents are sort of opening suggesting the backstage is an interesting one. I mean, it's going to be a massive loss for them, isn't it? She's you know arguably one of the highest profile um, you know uh, members of the roster, really, in terms of crossover potential as well. Obviously, she's on the Mandalorian. Um, cousin of Snoop Dogg, like everybody kind of really knows who Sasha Banks is. So if they have come to terms on a release, then it's going to be a massive blow to the WWE. That being said, the way that she kind of handled her business um, wasn't ideal. Uh, mm. So it is kind of what it is. Like I noticed, there's been no talk about Naomi. It all just seems to be about Sasha. So no idea what's. I think what's the, going the on reason there. the um, the reason the Sasha one appears to have some legs more than uh, Naomi. Was um, apparently a, a Reddit user known as Kermit. As, oh, uh, yeah. He's meant to be so for breaking. Uh, well, he's been credited for breaking several stories, including the Cody Rhodes uh, mm-hmm. returns to WWE, and he's claimed that Banks was released weeks ago. 
Um, mm. So I think that's what's kind of give this this rumor a bit more legs than anything else. I know she, I know she's been spotted at a concert or something like that, looking drastically different, like um, like kind of like blonde hair and everything like that. So, um, and uh, we um, the obviously other bit that adds credence to a car. I think I sent this to you the other day. That's um, WWE notably edited out a fan's sign that mentioned Sasha. They've just made it look like someone's holding up a blank piece of paper, which is kind of fucking funny to be honest with you. <laughs> like but, you'd at least, uh, you'd at least swap it for something like, you know what I mean? Like fucking the bloodline or something, you know, try and get, get your talent over. Like, it's like I have nothing to say. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it seems more and more that like, there's little bits that are pushing towards, okay. Yeah. Probably is going to be, uh, released. I don't know. But, um, thing is though, if, if, let's say Naomi, negotiate something or I don't know if she needs to negotiate anything just choose to return or stay with the company like they kind of left together in solidarity it'd be a bit of a strange one for only one of them to be released wouldn't it yeah um, it's one of the like maybe Sasha just wants it out like uh, she's been quite vocal for a while now on how she's been used anyway I don't think I think this um, you know the title scene thing might be in the straw that broke the camel's back on the whole thing I think she's just one unhappy camel she's got the hump Hey, um, she can go off and do Star Wars and make Star Wars money, no can't you? So. Well, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's one of them. I don't think we'll be seeing her rock up in AW or anything like that anytime soon. I think it was she's probably just done with wrestling now. She's going to transition. I don't know, to, man. Snoop Dogg appeared in AW. <laughs> I mean, this is true, but I, I just I don't know. I don't think she's. Uh, yeah, I, I think she's kind of mentally checked out from the business for a while now. And I think the fact she's been over to Mandalorian and. Other things, she's probably going to try and go the Hollywood or you know entertainment route. I would say. Uh, do you know what Hollywood welcomes you, Sasha? I thought you were good in the Mandalorian, and uh, yeah, got a talent for the acting world. I reckon. Yeah, boss time is over. Damn. Anyway, so that was <laughs> <laughs> that was the news. I think I think we should just going to yeah, close credits at that. <laughs> Just, you know, like one of them moody, like, let's do it in silence kind of things, just credits roll, yeah. black screen. Hmm. If only we could edit that in. If we weren't such lazy bastards and we actually did post-editing on this and didn't just effectively... You know, we should just put this out live anyway. I don't know why we don't. Stream it to you. I mean, other than the fact this fucking Mac can't... Uh, well, so we have know. to edit out all the uh, inappropriate comments. Oh, yeah, there is that too. Otherwise, we'd end up with more heat than bucket tea. <laughs> no, no, we're just not recording when we say those things. Um, we kid. But yeah, so thank you for joining us for another episode of the Ringside Report. Um, if you haven't found out what we thought of this week's wrestling, go and check it out. We've got a segment for that. It's called This Week in Wrestling. Pretty straightforward. You know, one person watched it on YouTube last week, so clearly it's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, go and listen to it this time, will you? Yeah, you jerks. Um, mm-hmm. And also, if you're interested in Forbidden Door, which takes place this weekend, as Anthony clearly is by the fact he's yawning his face off. Oh, sorry, um, I hate to say Forbidden Door. <laughs> Please said Forbidden Yawn. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that imminently. Um, so make sure you check for that video as well. Um, and here is the one and only Georgia Smith to say bye. Hey guys, it's Georgia Smith here, and you've heard me on A to the K. These guys are awesome. Check it out. A to the K. A to the K. A to the K. A to the K. A to the K.